Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, should we bring everybody up? Yeah. Uh, the, we're going to bring up the, the members of the leadership team. And uh, we are, I would say that this team is not as visible as it is at a, at a lot of churches. But we just want to kind of take some time today to explain to you what we do. Um, here is the very short version. Our job is to make sure that the greenhouse is operating in full submission to God's sovereign will. And the way we do that is first we answer a question, which is usually you start with asking the question, right? In this case, God asked the question. Our answer is always yes. We say yes, Lord. We start with yes, Lord, and that is our starting point. And then our next job is to figure out what is the question? What are you asking us to do, Lord? Um, we try to arrive at consensus. It's a kind of a mysterious uh, process that we use. It happens on its own sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't happen. We don't try to force it, uh, but that's what we do. We try to figure out what God wants us to do. We try to make sure that we feel confident that we know what God is asking us to do. And then we don't have to answer the question because we already have. Our answer is yes, Lord. It's always yes, Lord. Um, and that's how I think, I think the men up here try to operate in their lives. We say yes, Lord. We start out with yes, Lord. So um, I'm going to hand it off to who's next? Keith Barber. Hi, I'm Keith Barber. My wife Karen is in the nursery today. And if you ever want to talk to me, I'm usually over there in the corner on Sundays. And I just want to say that this is an awesome bunch of guys. I don't want to give them a big head, but it's an awesome bunch of guys. And we've looked at this, and in 1 Timothy and in Titus, Paul gave guidelines for, for elders. And we've had discussions. They just came out of the blue. We've had, had discussions, and we all feel uncomfortable. I mean, we feel comfortable with meeting the qualifications. Uh, we look at that and we feel like uh, we're okay with the qualifications, the way, the way we live our lives. But also Paul says that if any man aspires to be a leader, an elder, a deacon, he desires an honorable uh, position. But in our discussions, uh, we're surprised to find out that not a one of us felt like we desired or aspired to be uh, in this position. That's kind of like what Duke said, it just, God just did it. It's a calling, and it's not something that we're looking for. And to a man in a discussion, we also feel like we're inadequate uh, for the job. And uh, that was kind of a surprise. I knew I felt that, but then to find out that these guys felt the same thing, it was, it was, a, it was a shock to me. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we feel inadequate because we're not doing our own thing. Uh, it keeps us on our knees. It keeps us humble. It keeps us seeking God and his will. Uh, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing to, to kind of step out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work. And it's like Duke said when we work these things out, it just happens, and we just believe it's, it's God's will. So what I want to ask of you today is that uh, you'd be willing to trust us, trust that we are following God and following his leading, and also, more importantly, that you would keep us in your prayers. Pray that we would stay humble that we would live up to the qualifications that Paul lays out, that we will step aside and let the Holy Spirit work through us. And uh, just, just be willing to trust us and, and follow our lead. And just want you to know that these guys love you and, and hope you love us. And do keep us in your prayers. Um, so I'm going to kind of start by sharing a little bit about, like, how this whole thing came to be. Like, if you're new or newer or just first time, it's kind of like, well, how in the world does this church even start? And it kind of reminds me of 
the song that it's the start of the Brady Bunch. Anybody know the song? Of a lovely lady, right? And then it goes on and it says there's a story of a man named Brady. And then it says until when the one day when the lady met this fellow. And then it says the group would somehow form a family. And it kind of reminds me of how the greenhouse got started. So if you know the story or don't know the story, it was really, it's kind of two stories in one. It's the story of a church named New Hope Community Church. And I think that they're really the way that I would describe it is it's this church that had a really great heart. Um, but through a variety of things, went through lots of different trials that led to a lot of different struggles. So, some of those struggles were financial. Some of those struggles were um, uh, numbers-related. And ultimately, it led to kind of a slow-sinking feeling of being overwhelmed as a church. Um, it led to, to burnout. And around that same time, there's also another story. It's a story of a house church from Apex Community Church named Mound House Church. Um, the house church had grown, it had multiplied, it had grown again, and got to a point to where it was too big to be in a house. And so we made the decision, let's call some churches and ask if we can use their building. And um, I almost hate to say this, that this part's true. We called every church in Miamisburg and got like three phone calls back, two of which were basically like, yeah, there's no way you could ever use our building. And New Hope said, sure. And we said, sure, we can talk about using the building or sure we can use the building. They said, no, you can, sure, you can use the building. And it was just this amazing thing. And so, so Mound House Church started meeting in this building. We kind of agreed almost. It was like we were two churches meeting in one building. And we did that for three years. And it was just this kind of beautiful thing. We really didn't have a huge relationship with one another. Um, but we were using the building. We both were all about what God was doing in this community. And well, then um, three years into it, we get a phone call from the pastor. I get a phone call from the pastor of, of New Hope at the time. And he basically says, I'm, I'm burned out. I need to step down. And so that led to a lot of talks for New Hope as a church. Would the church just die? Would the church hire someone? Would um, they ask Mound House Church to become a church and just take it and they leave? Um, but ultimately, it led to the two groups talking about what would it look like if we worked together and we planted a new church. And so um, as, as those two groups, we met, we discussed, we prayed for about four months. And there, during that time, there was an unbelievable consensus um, to the point, I wasn't going to show this, but to the point that almost the same words and almost the same order seemed to be continually coming up. And so we kind of decided, you know, um, this consensus is easy. Unity seems easy. So we officially planted as a new church November 2014. So this month marks four-year anniversary of the church, which is unbelievable. We were talking about this the other night, and a bunch of us were like, it was four years? And we were here three years? Like, no. But it's been a period of seven years of God doing it. And really, what God had done in and through New Hope goes back a lot, lot further than that. Um, so... Um, we named it the greenhouse. Like if it, we, I heard this story of somebody who said, man, that's really sad that that church closed and now it's a greenhouse. Um, <laughs> but we named it kind of a weird name, but we named it the, a greenhouse, the, the greenhouse because a greenhouse is a, an environment that's it's special. It's a special designed environment to create, uh, to allow plants to grow and to reproduce, and then they'll be sent to their native environment, right? And that was kind of our heart's desire as a church, is that we would be a church that would grow followers of Jesus, that we would reproduce them, and we'd send them into their families, into their neighborhoods, um, into their um, workplaces. And so that's pretty much what it's been like. Um, since the beginning, there's been this a heart's desire for simplicity. Um, we don't have light shows. We don't it's simple. We try to be simple financially. We try to be simple with everything that we do. We try to keep simplicity uh, there. But, but through all of that, there was a huge heart's desire to be a people that have been affected by the love of God, to be affected so much that we love God, we love others, and we, we willing to share our lives, we're willing to share our resources, and we are willing to do that for one purpose, and it's to make disciples. We want to see true followers of Jesus. And so our heart's desire has been that this would be a grace-filled place, that no matter what your background is, that you would be welcomed. And, but you wouldn't just be encouraged to stay the same, but that you'd be encouraged and challenged to grow in a relationship with the Lord. And really, today is pretty much no different than four years ago. Our heart's desire is that this place would be about discipling people 
that we would be about seeing people grow in their relationship with the Lord. And that's ultimately the only thing we really care about. Um, we, so we desire to be simple and to see us be a people that are affected by God and see people's lives change with the good news of Jesus. Uh, if you guys know somebody who you know was around back then, you should ask them to tell you their perspective on how this all came together because there were so many things that were, they would seem like coincidences from the outside, but they weren't. And they were things that had to be the way they were in order for this to all come together. Um, and it was really an amazing time to be involved here because we couldn't have orchestrated any of it if we tried. The way it all came together, going back years and years and years, God was setting things up for this not just four years ago, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Things that had to be in place today weren't being set up by God 15 years ago and throughout that whole 15 years. And I think that's kind of probably everybody that was at least in Mound and probably in New Hope that's still here would describe it probably the same way, that they see all these things uh, back through the past that had to be the way they were for this to all happen. We have multiple Alice's, it sounds like. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm Andrew. Um, most of you guys probably know me. But um, to kind of speak kind of, of what Brian talked about with the grow, reproduce, and send um, kind of phrase there, and then alongside with discipleship. Um, for me, discipleship has played a vital role in my life um, growing up in church, I, you know, I was part of church growing up, uh, but I never had just anyone that really like reached out and wanted like that personal relationship to, hey, I want to see you grow towards God. I want to grow with, I want to grow with you. I want to kind of guide you into becoming you know, a man or a man of God and that kind of thing. So, I, you know, I go to church my whole life and now I'm 18 or 19 and we kind of moved, you know, like I was becoming a my, my, my own man, I want to make, make, make my own choices about where I'm going to church, so I said, Mom and Dad, I'm going to church somewhere else, and I was with Apex, and I ended up getting, getting meeting Brian, and, like, right away, Brian was someone who, like, really, like, reached out to me, and, um, you know, he kind of opened up his life, opened up, like, every facet of his of his life to me, whether it was, hey, come over to the house, hey, you know, let's call, you know, meet, meet, meet me here and we'll talk. And just, just um, investing um, his time, his love, and just living, and living life with me. And just kind of um, pushing me and challenging me to, you know, you know, at the time I was, in, you know, I was engaged. You know, hey, here's how you, you know, here's, you know, being a godly husband, being a leader, being a, um, being someone that is, you know, pursuing what God wants, wants for you, and um, showing me just continual love and consistency, and so that's played such a huge impact on my life, and really, like, you know, my life was, you know, it was just, it was going, it was going okay over here, but, like, it kind of pulled me, pulled me to him instead of on my own, on, on my own direction, so there's my daughter crying, you guys hear that, um, but, um, so flash forward some years, I've had uh, one of the really cool things that I've been able to do the past couple years um, is, you know, kind of under the greenhouse umbrella is there's been a group of guys that we've been meeting from, you know, seventh and eighth grade to up till, you know, college age guys. And there's no special name for it. There's no, it's just, we just call it guys group. It's just guys hanging out, guys meeting each other and talking with each other. And it's been, um, just a way I've been um, able to see the guys growing closer to God, growing closer to each other, and basically we come together, read God's Word, uh, we either go through a book or go through the Bible, whatever it is, and we talk about it, we talk about what's going on in our lives, we talk about what's str strengths, weaknesses, struggles, like trying to have real conversations and real meaningful, impactful conversations, which I think is probably unique to 
that age group, just having, you know, just being real with people. Um, I know it was for me. Um, so I've been able to be involved with that. And the really, the cool thing is it's, you know, it's the ripple effect of, of kind of what Brian, you know, with discipleship did for me. He discipled me. I'm able to disciple these other guys. And now I see them discipling other people. And it's just, it just, the chain goes on. And I think that's something that, that you know, we're, all of us are called to do. All of us, everyone here at the greenhouse, um, that's what we're called, called to do. I think God, throughout his work, continually uses regular people to do his work, to do extraordinary things, and I think that's no different um, than it is today. I think it's just us being obedient and kind of opening the door to our lives, and um, that's it. That's all I got. Am I up now? If you weren't sleepy, now it's going to set in right now because we're going to talk about a little bit of finance kind of stuff. Um, I'm an accountant, the bean counter, the resident bean counter. Have you all seen the movie The Accountant? Anyone? That's exactly what my career has not been like. It's not nearly that exciting. Um, I was also one of the folks um, that served on the leadership team um, for New Hope. So it really was a cool thing to see this come together. Um, you know, we, one of our priorities and one of the things that we tried to do was, was really being focused on discipleship. And um, to see the, what the mound folks were doing, we're like, gosh, why can't we get there? Why can't we get there? Um, and, and then when they came and seemed to have interest in this building, um, I'm like, why are you interested in this building? What is wrong with you people? Um, because there were times where we felt like, you know, I won't say it was a burden. I mean, you think there's a reason this building is here, how many yards from this high school? Um, so it's been really cool to see how the building has been used. But let me get back to where I'm supposed to be going here before I get yanked off the stage. You got my pie chart? I have a, my wife did a real fancy pie chart for you all. Isn't that nice? Look at that. <clears throat> So I don't know if we have any math scholars in here, but these are the expenses. We want to be transparent. We want you all to know like, how much money's coming in, what are we using it for, how do we pay the bills, I mean, because we're all in this together. Um, we don't have any paid staff, so you know, we're not a normal church. Um, you know, nor and I've been on the board of at least three or four in my 20-some years, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, that was sarcasm. <laughs> because normally, you know, think about your own house. One of the guys here mentioned, I think, you know, can we, can we explain this in a way about someone trying to run your own household or your own budget? So you start adding numbers up. We spend, we, we have about ninety-five to $100,000 that comes in on an annual basis, and we spend a little bit more than that. And it doesn't take a math scholar to realize that that's not something that um, we'll be able to continue forever. So we spend about 55% of our money just on the mortgage payment for the building and the utilities and all the things that go along with operating the building, the maintenance. Um, we just spent money on repairs and painting. You know, I'm not going to start throwing out numbers because I'll put all of you to sleep. Um, <clears throat> but happy to answer any specific questions that someone may have. You know, if you want to come see the books, have at it, there's nothing to hide. Um, anyone's welcome to see that. We spend about 37% of our funds on missions. Um, there are folks in Mexico that we support. Uh, we've supported his Hope Teen <laughs> Challenge, um, and there have been other things that have happened over the last couple years where we um, have basically passed on funds that you all donate to other missions or activities where we feel like God's calling us to support them. Um, and then our administration or operations, about 7%. Um, those funds go to clean the building. We have a bookkeeper that helps us with some um, accounting and that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, as the, as the resident bean counter, you know, I look at these numbers. Um, I think there's at least one other CPA in the crowd here. I put together this really nice one-page uh, statement of, you know, showing the income in and out, and the, the guys are like, we don't want to see that. You know, we need, nobody cares. <laughs> um, and uh, so I struggle with looking at these numbers. I mean, 
The property that we're in is very nice. If we had to go buy this building, I have no idea what it would cost, but I do know that we wouldn't be able to afford to pay for it, right? Um, because we've got, I don't know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars of cash. Uh, we're able to meet, um, I don't know how much you want to get into our arrangement. What was really cool about these two churches coming together is that the building is owned um, through a, a trust um, that's affiliated with the Christian Missionary Alliance. And they were the denomination, I guess, for the lack of a better term, that New Hope was affiliated with. Um, you all came from Apex, and I'm not sure what the background is there, but at the end of the day, you've got two different denominations coming together to try to do what God's calling all of us to do. And um, it wasn't real difficult, remarkably, for us to sit down with the folks in Cincinnati um, and the, the folks with Apex, and we put together an agreement. You know, it's like having an uncle who's got a house somewhere, and you can't afford to buy it, but he says, hey, if you want to use this and take care of it for the next few years, um, we would like you to do that. Um, and, and that's kind of like what our agreement with them is. It's a little more, obviously, it's more detailed. We have a written agreement, but um, as long as we take care of the property, make the mortgage payment, you know, we're building up some equity over time. Um, so it's worked out really well for us. And, um, yeah, that's enough, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I would just say, you know, I, I have two, I, I, you know, I, when I look at our situation purely from an accounting or a bean counter standpoint, you know, I'm like, what are we doing? You know, the worst, how are we, not how we're going to pay the bills, but it's very tight, right? Um, and, and I don't like things being very tight. Um, ask my wife. She'll tell you that. We're having that discussion right now. Um, personally. Um, but from a faith standpoint, it's like, you know what? I, some of this is really out of our control, and, and I'm not going to say no to God. Um, I'm not interested in that. Um, I've been down that road. And uh, so it's working. You know, he, it, it, it'll work. And, and, you know, I also struck, you know, well, use your brain. Think about you know, what are you doing? And you know, so based on my background, it's like, I don't want to say it's a constant battle, but I'm babbling. So it's all good. God's in control. And um, if you all have any more questions, I'd be happy to answer them or divert them to someone else here. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. So this past summer, I was actually camping um, with uh, Steph's family sitting around a campfire with a couple of my college friends, actually, that have been involved in churches um, that um, I actually played football with. I still get to see them one week out of every year. And um, one actually does some teaching at his church. So they've grown up in church, they've been involved in church, leadership in church. And they started asking questions about, like, something got on our church, you know, the greenhouse. And I said I was doing some teaching here and there. And then I started to explain kind of like who we were, kind of like how we came about and kind of like how we operate. And they just looked at me like I was nuts. I mean, they were like, what? You, what? I mean, they, and these are guys that have grown up in church. Their families have been rooted in church and they, they could not understand like how two churches could kind of merge and then also operate with really no paid staff except for a few cleaning hours a week. Um, and I think that's a huge testimony that keeps us grounded and understanding that only God could pull this thing off. Like, I mean, I think we're humbled by that um, because when you really start to work through your mind, what Brian was sharing and how it all took place, I mean, just think about that. And, and from a worldly perspective, it's totally crazy. And especially if you've sat on other um, boards and um, leadership groups of other churches, and I've been, I would say, privileged enough to serve in that capacity in some other churches, um, I just am really humbled that um, God allows me uh, to serve with these individuals. Um, we meet on Tuesday nights once a month at 6.30, and I could probably, like the rest of us, could write down a hundred other things to do on that Tuesday night. But I think once we get here and we, and we get in, involved in a conversation with each other, um, we realize the, 
how important this is. Um, and if, if we just looked at some of the stories we could share over these last seven years about how people's lives have been changed or people that are sitting out here this morning that would have never been here, um, it's very humbling. And the leadership that I've served in at other churches, I don't know if I ever really totally trusted that leadership. And I'm really, um, I trust our leadership here. I feel good about that. If I didn't, I wouldn't be a part of this group. But when we come in on a Tuesday night, I trust the other individuals that God's placed in this body to be able to um, work through things. And you know what? A lot of times we don't agree on everything. And um, we and we ask hard questions of each other. But it's really beautiful to see the scriptures work out the way they're supposed to be because inherently we know that we all trust each other as far as what we really desire, and that is to see God's kingdom glorified. Um, and our answer, it, it always is yes. But in, in Duke's case, if Duke's asking the question, I would like to know the question before I say yes. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Duke, I love you. You know that. I want to share a verse from Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. You're blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see a you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see, I'm sorry, and when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And I think when we, when we talk about the greenhouse, um, this scripture is very appropriate in what we need to be asking ourselves. Um, and especially from a building standpoint, if this is just bricks and mortar, and it's really not being used to do those things mentioned in Matthew here, then really what's the point? If it's really just for this on Sunday morning, even though this is very important, then what a waste. And that's been our goal and kind of purpose to be obedient to God um, in saying that we want this to be a place, we want this to be a building that actually gets used to do the kind of things mentioned in Matthew chapter 25. And just to highlight a couple of those things um, that we are trying to do um, we do run blessings in a bag out of um, greenhouse, which we're currently um, paying for, as Terry mentioned, in storing and doing some packing here for about 150 bags that are handed to f um, kindergarten through fifth graders at Kinder Elementary every Friday um, to help feed them over the weekend. Families that probably don't have enough food or kids that don't get enough food from their families over the weekend, um, we give them a bag of food um, because we believe we're told to do that, obviously. Another thing that we have going on specifically in the building um, is called um, Impact. It's an Athletes in Action group. It's actually students from Mimesburg High School um, that meet here uh, twice a month during the school year. And right now they're averaging about 40 to, 50, 40 to 45 uh, young men and young ladies that come out um, on a Monday night, Monday nights, Bob? Sunday, Sunday nights. Sunday nights, and, and, they, and they meet, and they eat together. Um, they eat together. They have content time and scripture. Um, as students, there's adult leadership here, 
And then they, uh, sometimes they bring in guest speakers to share their testimonies um, about, you know, the, the challenges of being a high school student um, and trying to live out your faith in Christ. Uh, they also do a couple service projects a year um, and also a couple just fun activities for these students. And it's pretty humbling to see sometimes when they meet, Bob will send us the picture of all the impact kids out here in the lobby. And, um, you know, it's pretty humbling to know that you know, kids can look right across the street and see their high school, and, and yet we're teaching them what really matters here, or allowing to be taught, um, you know, walking with Christ as a high school student. And I'm just going to hit on just three, three ways the building's being used to kind of tie into that Matthew 25. Um, we have Empower, uh, where we have um, 10 to 15 uh, moms, uh, single moms, um, that have about 30 kids we bring in here. Um, this each, 30 kids, sometimes it probably feels like that. Um, but we have 20 Mimesburg High School students and other adults that come in to mentor um, kids while these moms are able to share in a meal, to actually spend time talking about life skills and also faith, which has been a huge um, thing for us. Originally when this group started, it was more life skill based, and now we've actually gotten to where we're actually sharing faith and walking with Christ. And while that's going on, we have these high school kids and these adults that volunteer that get to build relationships and just get to love on some kids who in some cases don't have anybody loving on them. Um, and they don't. So with that being, um, we, we have other things that are going on here right in the building. Andrew's guys group that does meet once a week. Sometimes they meet here. Sometimes they meet here and have massive Nerf wars. And uh, uh, that would be fun, you have to admit, uh, with Nerf guns and everything. And, and just laughing, laughing and building relationships with each other. And we have ladies Bible journaling. And, and, the, and the list kind of goes on with other community groups that sometimes meet here. Uh, and that's the purpose of the building for us, is that it's a resource that we believe God's given us. We have a responsibility to take care of that resource but we never really want it to be about the building. We want it to really be about the church, which is us, and people in our community that we can actually meet needs through the use of this resource. So I kind of just took some time and paraphrased my own version of Matthew chapter 25 and what we would desire as a church to hear from Christ. If I was a high schooler struggling with loving myself, <clears throat> sorry, let me say this. Help me out get through this. I, I, you know you write something, you're like, man, that's kind of emotional. But while you're writing it, you don't really think about it? Okay. I was a high schooler struggling with loving myself, and you showed me at impact that God made me special and loves me. I think we would desire to hear, I was a single mom who felt alone, and at Empower, you showed me there were others dealing with the same situations and to rely on Christ. I was a six-year-old that rarely got to see my dad, and one Monday night at Empower, you taught me how to throw a baseball. I was a young lady at MHS, and I was thinking about having sex with my boyfriend, and you shared your story at Impact of abstaining with the power of Christ. I was a second grader at Kendra Elementary who had no food for the weekend, and you gave me food on every Friday. I was a mom who did not know how I was going to feed my family, and you fed us at Empower. I was a high school boy who was struggling with anxiety because of my grades and future career choices, and you gave me an evening at Impact full of fun, friends, and God's word that showed me I was not alone. So for us, it's way bigger than a building. However, when we do have a resource like this, as Terry mentioned, you know, it's our responsibility to take care of that resource. And, and just so you could be praying for us, because our, our, the role that God's given us is to, to, to direct finances and to make decisions, but in, in, that, in a way that shows faith in God, but in also, God's also given us the ability to plan and to be responsible 
Um, and just some big, some big items in the future that you might be hearing about. Uh, one, I don't know if you even noticed, but you know, this summer we had the, the entire building like repainted. Um, there was a lot of wood damage on it, and, and that was like $6,300, $6,400 um, that we did spend as a church to be able to, to repaint. But, but we have some other items that are going to be hitting us probably, um, probably within the next five to seven to ten years, um, probably more like five. Um, we're looking at a new roof probably in the next five to ten years at $25,000. We're looking at parking lot issues probably in the next five to seven years at $25,000, and this one always hits home to us. Um, all of our furnaces and air conditioners are original, so that's probably about a $35,000 ticket, and that one's coming much sooner than we would like. So just you know, pray for us, and of course, if you have any questions about that and, and giving, um, you know, the, the design of this day wasn't to solicit giving, but it is to make you aware and to be transparent that when we have a resource like this and we're using it to advance the kingdom of God through God's grace and God's will, we want to be responsible in taking care of that. I'm going to add one thing, too. Um, I don't know how many people watch Jimmy Fallon, but he does thank you letters sometimes. And a while ago, we did a, a night where we did thank you letters, and we said thank you, um, Greenhouse, for having carpet that's as stained as the people who attend. Um, <clears throat> So I don't know if you've ever paid attention. Our carpet out in the lobby is atrocious. Um, we do know that. We, 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 we aren't blind. Um, one of the other things is for us to change just that flooring. Um, and there's also some carpet areas in kids' classrooms um, that aren't the best, to say the least. But that's also another $25,000. And so we have, with those numbers, it's basically 110000 that we think could be needed over the past, next five years or so. Um, does it, do we need to have new carpet out there? No. Do we need to have a roof so that it doesn't leak? It's debatable on our team, right, Duke? <laughs> um, but we, like, like Kevin said, we want to be good stewards over this. Like We want this building to be able to last, to be able to do the same type of thing that we're seeking to do right across from Miamisburg High School. Um, we don't just want to be good stewards of the building either. We want to be good stewards of the whole, the whole thing. And uh, you know, this has been mentioned a couple times that we don't have any paid staff. There's a bunch of reasons for that. One is that I don't have any desire to work for a church. Um, you know, normally in a church this size, you definitely have a full-time pastor. You would have either a part-time or a full-time worship leader, maybe a part-time or full-time youth pastor. And you heard Terry say that we bring in ninety-five dollars to $100,000 every year, and we spend a little more than that. So there's no money for paid staff. It's just a reality. And there's these churches that all over America that are struggling, and they're forced to talk about money all the time because they have more bills than they can pay. And a big chunk of that for most churches is staff. So... A, it frees us. It gives us freedom to not have to talk about money all the time. I don't think anybody up here wants to talk about money. Probably ever. We do it when we have to. We don't want to do it all the time. Um, and so that gives us freedom. And then it also means that I am free, as uh, the worship leader here, to say, I'm not going to do everything. I'm not going to lead every week. If I just want to say, I'm not leading the first Sunday of every month, you might notice that I'm not here. Well, it's because, A, I want, um, I want all the other musicians here to get a, an opportunity to grow, like I have over the years, and to share the, share the load of making sure that there's music here every week. And we want that to happen in every area. So I say all that to say the people that do most of the work that has to be done around here um, want everybody to have that opportunity because that's how we've grown that's how we've matured as Christians, and we want everybody to have that opportunity. I don't see us changing where we all of a sudden start talking about money a bunch, but I do think that we, I won't, I won't say we've been unwise, but I think that we also haven't always just let people know um, that there are needs and that there's boxes that you can give in. So we probably won't change and start saying anything different, but we want people to know what, what's, what the case is. Is this working? 
Hello, 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 hello. Wake up. So uh, one of the things that, um, that I love about the greenhouse is that we are learning how to trust that the person of Jesus, who Christ is, is the unifying factor. He is the unifying factor that sustains us to be able to grow and go and have an impact in this world. That if we cannot be unified here in this building, we will not be able to have the impact that we have, that we have outside of this building or when other um, ministries come into this building. So one of the things that has been really encouraging for me is to see uh, how we are growing in trusting that the person of Jesus, who he is, brings us to a place of unity as his people so that we can have an impact. Um, I committed to be on this leadership team four years ago, and I made a commitment to be here for two years, and here I am. Um, The reason why I initially made the commitment was because there were two different denominations coming together that had minor um, theological differences and beliefs. They were minor. But I knew that the enemy loves to take minor things and make them big and bring disunity in the body of Christ. But it has been an absolute honor to watch this group of people come together focused on the gospel message focused on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that he's alive and that he's doing things in his world, and watch God bring unity in this thing. It it is an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. I'm grateful that the greenhouse was willing to to open uh, your doors so that the ministry of His Hope could come and have an office here for years, that we've been able to do ministry to people that have been impacted by addiction in this building, because there's a sense of unity here. There's not backbiting going on here. And, and if there ever is, we, we turn quickly from that because we're focused on the gospel. We focus on forgiveness. We focus on running after relationship with Christ. That's who we are. That's, we want to continue to grow in trusting that the person of Jesus and what he's done brings us into that unity. Um, that right there really frees us up as a local body to not just be inward focused. Um, we are somewhat for healing so that we can be strengthened when we're having a hard time. We come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and encourage one another. But one of the things that we do well here that has actually kept me personally here is that we lock arms with other ministries in the community. Not just other ministries, but local churches, um, other nonprofit organizations. And I believe that as long as we continue to focus on Christ being the common denominator, him being the one that we're focusing on when he entered this world, when God wrapped himself up in human flesh and entered into this broken, chaotic world over 2,000 years ago, he said that his mission statement was that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, right, to restore sight to the blind, to proclaim freedom to the one that's held captive, As long as we stay focused on the mission of Christ in this world, we will continue to have an impact in this community because we're not functioning on our own. We're functioning within the heartbeat of God through the power of His Spirit, through His Word, and coming together through that gospel message. So it's just an honor. It's an absolute honor to be a part of this local community. All right. um, So the last thing that I'm kind of here to do is to kind of close us off, and um, what does this all mean with with us? Not just with us sitting up here, but with us as a church body kind of moving forward. Um, <clears throat> one of my favorite things about the leadership committee that uh, we hear about once a quarter is Terry saying, if this starts feeling like a church, I'm out of here. <laughs> and um, and it's so true, though. We We go above and beyond to not make it feel like some experiences I think we've all had at one time or another. Um, I recently finished a Francis Chan's new book, um, Letters to the Church, um, which probably also could be titled American Church Missed the, the Bullseye. Um, and it's, it just talks a lot about how we do some great things in church, but it's not always exactly what God is looking for. Um, He describes it as the American church makes a fantastic bowl of spaghetti, 
but God ordered a steak. And um, so if, if, if you are to spend some time just looking at what church is based off of Scripture, um, I think there are four specific things. And, and I would like you to kind of, as I talk through them briefly, think about how, how do you view the greenhouse? Do you, you, would you say yes or no to this? And how would you view your participation in that? Um, and I think, first of all, if you were to just look at Scripture, the first thing, and, and you, you knew nothing about what a church should look like other than what you've read in Scripture, I think you would walk in and you would absolutely view and observe love. You would see people loving on each other as a family. Um, when somebody is hurting, others are hurting. And when somebody is in need, they're there to kind of take care of each other and love on each other. That doesn't mean everyone is always in agreement. Because um, as we know in our own family, sometimes that can get messy and dirty and disagreements and those things. But there's that, that love and that care for one another. Uh, the second thing is, are we getting the message out? Are we passionately and actively in the word? And are we sharing that word with other people? Um, you know, I think that that is certainly what we have been called to do is, uh, and, I, and I do think as a, as a leadership group, we bring everything back to what does scripture say? What does scripture say? Um, and that's a little bit easier when we're talking about a meeting or talking about what we do on Sunday mornings, um, but it's about applying that to the rest of our week as well. Um, so I think that's important that we need to be passionate about being in the Word. Um, <clears throat> I think devotionals are great. Um, I do devotionals all the time, but then what I find sometimes is that I'm, re I'm spending more time reading about what the author of this devotional thinks about one line of Scripture than I am about Scripture. And so I, I, I really try to make more of a change and spend more time just being in the Word and studying the Word um, because that's the author I want to know uh, what his perspective is uh, on my life. The next thing is, um, as, a, as a body, are we focused on using our talents? Um, God calls us to use our time, our talents, and our treasures. Um, and in that book I was reading, there was an interesting, uh, uh, the way it was posed was fantastic. Are we coming to a movie theater on Sunday mornings or are we going to the gym? Are we actively participating or are we just here to learn, soak it in, and go about the rest of our week? Um, and so I think that's just kind of a, a good way to look at it. Um, we have, it. you don't need a degree to be able to go do something. Andrew Daffler didn't have a degree um, and doesn't have his, his uh, pastoral license, but he started a, a guys group which has impact other people and continues to impact other people. Um, you know, I think I look at examples like that. Um, the whole impact um, that, that Kevin was talking about, literally all I said yes to was, yeah, I can open the doors twice a week on Sunday night. And now that's led to me basically every other Sunday I'm leading that group, <clears throat> which, is, which I don't feel that I'm necessarily... I don't have all of the knowledge. I don't have all of the skill, um, but I've been lucky enough to be able to share what God's put on my heart. And, you know, just the simple act of saying yes to being willing to open the building has put me in a position where just recently a young lady from that group sought me out during the school day, asked me to go to, to the office. She needed to talk to me, closed the door, and she said, will you just pray with me? She had had a really difficult week. She had had a difficult time, made some poor choices, and all she wanted to do is someone to pray with her. A girl that last year I would never have spoken to, who would not have spoken to me throughout the day because of this one group that meets twice a month um, for a few hours, she's now sought me out in the middle of her day because she wanted to get closer to God. She knew God was the one that provided her strength. So we, anyone in here can do that. Um, it doesn't have to be something that's already established. 
Um, it could be just sharing scripture with somebody. It could be just reaching out, checking on somebody, giving somebody a ride. There are so many different ways that uh, as a body, we could come together and, and take care and, and love on one another. And finally, uh, if you were to just look at scripture, I think, um, are we training people to become leaders and serve the Lord? Um, I thought it was a really cool opportunity that we had this summer where multiple people led on Sundays. Uh, and again, um, the Holy Spirit will give you the words. It's not necessarily about what you do up here, but take advantage of the opportunities to share your faith at work. Take advantage of the opportunities to, while you're waiting in the grocery line, to, uh, you know, to share scripture or love on somebody or just take care of somebody. The Holy Spirit will do it. You just got to be willing to say yes. And so I think, um, you know, we have to be in the word. We have to be intentional about loving on one another. I think we have to be willing to actively participate um, in, in our faith. It's, it's, and, and the beauty of it is God's going to meet us exactly where we are. We are all at different points in our walk with God, and he will meet us exactly where we need to be. Um, and exactly where we are, and he will give us, and he will put the people around us to encourage, and he will, he will give us the words through the Holy Spirit. Um, so we're just kind of challenging our body as a group to make sure that um, we are reaching out, that we are caring for one another, that we are trying to make connections with one another. And uh, so we just uh, we appreciate who you are and the fact that you've chosen to come here on Sunday mornings, and uh, we appreciate the opportunity to be on the leadership team uh, for all of you and with all of you, and we just uh, pray that uh, we will continue to, to keep doing what God asks us to do. Um, so I just uh, pray that you do that as well. Um, I'm going to close this off in prayer, and then I think there's a little bit of music left, and, uh, and we're done. Father God, thank you so much for the people you brought here today. Um, Lord, you had a plan long ago of bringing two groups of people together and just building from there. We, play, we pray, Lord, that it's, uh, we just learn to rely on you, on your strength, uh, and trust in your plan. We pray, Lord, that uh, you have um, put us together for a reason to continue to grow um, the gospel uh, here in Miamisburg and to share with others. Um, we pray, Lord, that it's, we are not just, uh, participating on Sunday mornings, Lord, that we are taking what we learn here and that we have the courage to reach out to others. We have the courage to care for others. We have the courage to share the good news that, uh, you have given us, God. And, uh, we thank you so much for this building, for the people you have brought together, um, Lord, we just, we know there's going to be trials along the way. We just pray that, that, you know, we find joy in those trials, uh, cause God, you're just growing us and you're building, you're building us for the work that you have intended us to do. Uh, and we thank you, uh, for your son. We thank you for your grace in Jesus name. We pray. Amen.